0: Hello and welcome to this special series of Looking After Nature podcast. We're going to be talking all things rights of way. And I'm here today not with Andy Davison, our usual co-host, but I'm here with a new co-host for this special series, Gemma Clinch. Hi Gemma. Hello, how are you? I am good today. You've dragged me all the way up to the north again. I know, but it's great up here. And so we're talking rights of way in this special series, but what
1: are rights of way? So rights of way um, include footpaths, bridleways, restricted byways and byways open to all traffic. And that's places where people can use to access the countryside and explore it safely, knowing that they're not trespassing. So anyone can use uh, a footpath, bridleway, um, restricted byway or a byway open to all traffic. You've just got to check what you're using. So for instance, if you're on a horse, you can go on a bridleway You can go on a restricted byway or a boat, but if you are a cyclist and you want to use a footpath, you can't do that. So you've got to be really mindful about what you're using, but basically they are public rights of way for everyone to enjoy. And they're a great way to get out and explore the countryside, aren't they? Absolutely. I think um, it can really help you broaden your horizons to some of the local places that you may have lived in your town or village or city for a long time. But once you start getting out and exploring, you realise you've got quite a lot of beautiful places literally on your doorstep and, and Rights of Way can help you explore those beautiful places.
0: So in this special series, we're going to be meeting many of the people that use and help us maintain the Rights of Way network. But the first people we're going to talk to is your actual team.
1: How many teams does the Countryside Service have that help maintain the network? So we've got three teams. One's based in the south, one's based in central Hampshire, and one's based up in the north of Hampshire. And that's obviously where myself and my team are based. So we're going to meet my team later. We also have another team, don't we? Uh, In
0: Winchester, the mapping team, Mm -hmm. yes. And they generally deal with most of the legal issues and the the mapping side of things. Yes,
1: exactly yeah whereas the teams out on the ground they are the ones doing the work. We are the doing work, so we are the people um, yeah we, we go and have a look at all the problems that come in via the public. We're the ones who are trying to clear the vegetation from rights of way, put in ditch crossings, install gates, etc. Um, so we're the ones working with the landowners, working with the community to try and help our rights of way yeah be as safe and accessible for everybody. So we're up here today to meet some of your teams. So shall we go and find them? Yeah, let's go and find someone. Okay, so we're here with Andy, who's my line manager. Andy, tell us a bit more about your job. What is your job role?
2: I am the senior countryside access ranger, which is uh, looking after the rights of way network uh, in North Hampshire.
1: Give us like an average rundown of your your average day. What would you be up to?
2: Uh, well, uh, first thing would be see what's been reported in the morning um, and respond to emails. That's normally the first few things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it might be a day of site visits.
1: So when you say site visits, what are you what are you visiting? Explain.
2: Well, uh, it could be anything. It could be obstruction issues, um, things like. Uh, electric fences across rights of way or fallen trees <clears throat> or um, could be nuisances like cattle in fields crossing rights of way so I'm checking okay. that the cattle are the right right breeds.
1: Right, so that's interesting because a lot of people are a bit worried about walking through livestock uh, fields mm. and cattle come up quite a bit. So when they when they you say nuisance, what would the report be?
2: Uh <coughs> it often is the case where dog walkers are crossing footpaths. Okay. Uh, certain times of the year when um, uh, there's calves in the fields, that is quite a regular occurrence.
1: Okay, so that's your rough day. You obviously meet a lot of landowners as well, don't you, and um, parish councillors, and members of the community, during your, your work role as well?
2: Yes, yeah, that's a big part of the role. Okay. Uh, I meet landowners all the time, uh, and parish councillors all the time. Uh, interesting, Do you get to see Places that people, most people, don't get to see, mm-hmm. and it, you meet interesting people as well. Yeah, I
1: mean, we've certainly got quite a quite a large area that we cover up here in the north, and a lot of different places, haven't we? As well, a lot of urban places, but then a lot of rural countryside.
2: Yes, having worked in two areas of Hampshire now, I, I used to work in the central uh, belt. I think the north northern area is a lot more rural.
1: Interesting. Yeah,
2: um, a lot of big big estates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah less less urban areas and those urban areas we do have, they kind of look after themselves. I okay. think I think the district councils um, look after uh, a lot of their rights away. So okay, I have very little to do in those those boroughs.
1: It's more of the r- rural areas, which need more of your attention.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: So what you know when you think about some of the big projects you've been involved in, in your time here, what sticks out in your mind as one of the best ones and something you're really proud of within your job role? I
2: think it would be the. Paths that we've reopened, the ones that perhaps either got got lost over time, and uh, we've reopened, or um, the definitive map modification orders where we've they've been successful and we've opened those routes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one example would be uh, I think Rope Yarn Lane in St Marylebone. Okay. Uh, that was subject of a claim. Uh, it all went through, and then myself and the rest of our team, we went and kind of a team day. We went and opened it up.
1: Oh wow! So that was obviously really important for the community as well to, to have that back in.
2: Absolutely, it's uh, it's very well used now, and um, we we cut it out each year, so we know people are using it. Yeah, uh, we get reports from it, uh, so we know we know it's a really well used route.
1: Absolutely, um, and finally, what would be the biggest challenge within your job, job role?
2: Keeping on top of the number of reports, I'd say, um, we, we've got hundreds and hundreds of reports that we try and keep down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for every report that I manage to close, uh, put ten more probably come through. Wow! Uh, so it's just keeping on top of the workload.
1: Yeah, it, and, and the it, but there is only six of us up here covering literally from the Wiltshire border all the way up to, to Aldershot, Farnborough, all the way up to Berkshire. It's quite a huge area, isn't it? So just imagine all those reports, people going out walking and finding issues, and then the reports come back to, back to us.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I think people don't realise just how few people we have on, on the ground. Um, I think they probably think there's more, more than probably three or four of me in just this area. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they realise I, I cover this huge area across the north of the county. Um, so, yeah, it's just keep on to- keeping on top of work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me, um, and we're gonna go meet some new other members of the team. Thanks, Andy.
2: Yep, thank you very much.
1: Okay, so next I've got Lisa, who's another colleague of mine. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Could you tell me a little bit about your job role, please?
3: Um, I process um, report problem reports from the members of the public,
1: Okay, so I've I'm been imagining on a Monday, like when we're, we're doing this recording now, Mondays are quite busy, aren't they? Because everyone's been out walking on a, on a Saturday and Sunday, so you've got two days' worth of stuff piled in, waiting for you to sift through and see what the problems are.
3: Yeah, that's correct.
1: And you direct them to the correct member of the team, is that right?
3: Yep, yeah, that's right. So signage generally goes to the Ranger team. Um, Andy, who's the SCAR, he gets quite a lot of the stuff. And the CER gets other um, reports that have come in.
1: And when we say CER, that's me, the community engagement ranger. Yeah. Um, And also, how long have you been in this job role for? Because you've been in the Hampshire County Council itself for quite a while, doing various roles, haven't you?
3: I have. Um, I've been with the county for 19 years, and I've been in this role for 11.
1: Wow, that's quite a long time. Yeah. Well done. (laughs) Thanks. Um, what would you say the most challenging part of your role is? Uh,
3: the volume of work.
1: Interesting. So when you say volume, you mean, what we, what we talking? Is it just solely the complaints which are coming through on the rights of way?
3: Uh, yes, and we're all being given more tasks to do. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Because you help out with a lot of the financial aspects of our team as well, like helping with budgets and things, don't you? Yeah. Um, so you are helping monitoring the team's budget but also yep. smaller projects as well. You've got a bit of a part in that, haven't you?
3: Yeah, and I monitor the budget for the central east area. Okay. Um, so there's their budget, the north area's budget, and the project budgets, and they're becoming more and more. Yeah. So we're getting more pots of money, so there's more budgets to monitor.
1: But you've got to be quite careful about those, haven't you? Because only certain... Bots of money can be used of certain things. So it's it's juggling all of that, isn't it? And that's quite time consuming. Yeah. Also, you are our technical guru. (laughs) I know you don't like to be called that, but we like to ask you lots of questions, especially about our countryside access management system. So it's quite important to talk about because obviously members of the public can go onto the public version online, and that's where they put in their issues that they've come across. They do, um, but you're the main person who who kind of feeds the information from that to us um, and vice versa. Can you give us a brief explanation about how what members of the public should expect when they go onto the system for the first time?
3: Um, they need to register their own account, mm-hmm. um, and then they can plot on the map of Hampshire any on any right of way where they've come across a problem Um, the initial um, registering takes a little bit of time but once it's done they can log and track all the issues that they've recorded so yeah it's it and it's very once you've done it it's very easy yeah um so
1: and it's what's really important with that is getting the location right isn't it because sometimes we do have things misplotted and can you tell us a little bit how how that then takes up a lot of our time? If things are misplotted, obviously Andy or myself or Mitch will go out and actually we can't find it because it's not there because it's on another right of way. So it's yeah, so, so that, that's
3: very time consuming. Mm. Um, and so it is really, really important that the user of the rights of way make sure that they plot it on the right path because otherwise you're time wasting. Mm. You're being sent out to look at something that's not there. Yeah, um, And you've got other stuff that you need to be doing so wasting a wasted journey is is very wasteful time of resources
1: yeah so just being mindful where you're plotting it are you sure it's there and also adding a photo yeah that's really useful isn't it having a photo come through
3: yeah that's really important and it's you can see it see the issue um and it also it will stop you having to go out sometimes if you can see what the issue is um, it might be that if you've got a fallen tree or, and you need to know which side of the path it's coming from to know which landowner to write to, so a photograph is very helpful.
1: And you do a lot of the landowner correspondence, don't you? Um, you're writing to them for fallen trees, for instance. What other things would you be contacting landowners So we write to people?
3: them um, about uh, wobbly styles, mm-hmm. um, asking them to repair and maintain their styles because that's landowner responsibility, um we write to them about cropping and plowing where they've um plowed a field and haven't reinstated the path so there's, there's there are a number of letters that go out to landowners
1: what would you say i mean is it's a highlight of your job what do you really enjoy doing you know is there a particular part that you really enjoy or is it more that social social aspect because we have got a brilliant team up here haven't we, we have not blown our own trumpets but we are a lovely bunch and we do get on really well together yeah
3: yeah um i love coming to work um and the variety of jobs that there are um, is interesting and the funny ones the funny jokes jokey um people that report stuff it, it it's a highlight
1: yeah well th- thank you so much for taking your time to speak to me and um well hopefully all the viewers have learned a little bit about how to report an issue online which is the really important bit that we're trying to get out there to people yeah. if you find a problem on the right of way Don't just ignore it. Um, You know, you can do something about it. You can report it. Because there's only six of us up here in the north, isn't there? So we can't actually cover everywhere every day. No. And I think that's a really important thing we need to try and explain to people, isn't it? Is we're a small team covering a large area. Yeah. So if you can help us out, that would be really helpful for us. Because sometimes we do need to be told where these problems are. Because we can't be everywhere at once. No,
3: no. And also the number, the volume of reports that come in equally... We can't be everywhere sorting them all out mm. ev- all the time.
1: So it's about priorities, it is. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look. Thanks for your time, Lisa. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. So now I'm here with Mitch, who is the senior ranger for the North Access team. Hi, Mitch. Hello. Give us a rundown of of your job. Like, what, what is senior ranger?
4: Well, um, the the role of the access ranger is. Um, to facilitate the maintenance um, on the ground, really, um, of, of the rights-of-way network. So, um, day-to-day, uh, it could involve mowing, it could involve the installation of signage, larger structures such as bridges, uh, ditch crossings, um, gates, um, anything like that, really. Any, wow. any work on the rights-of-way network that uh, requires doing.
1: Wow, that's that's quite a list. <laughs> Where do you find the time? Um, <laughs> that's the question.
4: Um, a lot of planning. Yeah. Um, try and try and plan our work in advance. Um, I like to try and um, do my my sort of calendar, my my. Uh, daily work, uh, I like to try and plan it at least a couple of weeks in advance, just so that I know what we've got coming up so I can prepare for it okay. regarding tools and equipment. And
1: so for it. instance, if you had to go out and do um, put a ditch crossing in, what yeah. kind of planning beforehand do you need to be able to then go out and do the job?
4: Uh, it, it would involve a site inspection, whether that's by ourselves as, as the team, my, my colleague Abby and I, or um, Andy, our <laughs> manager, might go and look at it, measure it up. Um, long as we have the right dimensions um, we can generally put the equipment together the materials we need together we we usually hold the materials in stock Mm -hmm. Um, prior to doing the actual work making sure we've got um, consent with landowners to access if we need it of course yeah Um, that again may involve us contacting the landowner directly if we know it and he may um, may have the knowledge he Mm -hmm. he may contact them pass or pass their contact information on to us yeah um we would then um again day or two prior to doing the job make sure we've got all our paperwork up to scratch so risk assessments um that sort of thing and also um organizing if um For whatever reason, maybe I'm working on my own that day, uh, whether we can arrange uh, some volunteer assistance or something. And then on the day itself, load up the tools and required materials. Um, If we need to, give the landowner a a, a heads up, um, a phone call sort of thing, and then go and install.
1: (laughs) I think that's a really important point actually about contacts and landowner, because it's we're going on their land. Yeah. I know the right of way, we've got the right to yeah. be on that right of way. But more often than not, we have to drive through their fields yeah, or at least open a, one of their gates.
4: Access along their tracks. Exactly.
1: It's so just common courtesy, yeah. isn't it? You know, And I think it's really important to be working with them. With
4: them. And, and most landowners um, are pretty good. Yeah. Um, and we've actually we've built up quite a strong relationship with a lot of local landowners. Uh, some of them just small farms, um, but some of them are quite major estates mm. they, they hold a lot of land
1: um we've got quite a lot of them up the and north, we've got haven't yeah really. we've got
4: good um, <laughs> and we've got good contacts with them um i know quite a few gamekeepers and, and farm managers they're the people we tend to contact in the first instance yep.
1: um, one, one i can think of already off the top of my head is englefield estate yeah so they're near the berkshire border but they have a lot of land by they've silchester got, yeah, a, a uh,
4: lot of west end around that it. area um, um and we've got some big 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 name landowners, um, yeah. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber um, okay. up around uh, Kingsclear, right? Um, but again, rarely have you know, <laughs> don't have contact with. He's not the person we talk to. <laughs> um, it's, it's his farm manager yeah. um, who we, we who who I would uh, get in contact initially. Okay. But but they're all um, you know they're all pretty good um, and. and will give us the access if we need it, yeah. so that's good. I mean,
1: your average day, I mean, we all arrive here around eight o'clock in the yeah. morning, um, but I mean, when what time do you set off, what time do you come back? I
4: try, <laughs> I try and leave the yard by nine if I can. Um, obviously we need to make sure um, the paperwork's up to scratch, but I tend to sort of use Monday mornings for that, so I make sure I've got the week ahead yeah. prepped. Um, depending on how long it takes to load up the materials, um, I usually carry most of my tools on board our truck anyway so it's ready to go it's just making sure that we've got certain powered equipment yeah the more secure stuff that's locked away um, put that on board load up the materials and hopefully I'd like I always like to try and be out of the yard by nine yeah um, and the same for returning so long as we give ourselves enough time to to pack everything away at the end of the day um you know anytime between three and half past three mm. um, i mean
1: you guys are out for full on days rain yeah, or shine yeah. i mean <laughs> i've talked to you guys before and it's been a torrential downpour and you've been caught in it but you it's part of your job <laughs> isn't of it like <laughs> um,
4: fairly resilient to the weather yeah. um the Actually, when it's really hot and sunny, that's that's the worst. Oh,
1: really? Interesting. Um, we so you'd can, rather be rained on. I
4: think I'd rather be rained on. <laughs> um, not when it's torrential rain, uh, you know. There is scope to take shelter in the truck. Yeah. There's no point in getting completely saturated. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, it's the hot weather that can be a killer, in particularly in the summer when you're um, mowing and you've got some big big paths to mm-hmm. mow. Um, swinging a hedge cutter around it can get it's quite hot work. anyway
1: that brings on to a really good question actually so a lot of your work is seasonal isn't it yeah. because some, some things you just cannot do yeah. in winter when it's wet yeah um so talk us a little bit about your seasonal work how, how roughly does it turn um,
4: out so it, fundamentally seasonal work summer should be mostly mowing winter will basically be signage and structural work mm-hmm. where it's easily accessible from um, either the roadside or good farm tracks. We will split the summer mowing up with some of the bigger projects where we may need to access through farmers' fields um, just because of the ground conditions. If the fields are nice and firm we can get right up to where we want to work. If it rains the fields become boggy, we don't want to risk damaging them. so. You
1: know. Have you ever got stuck before and needed pulling out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. brilliant. Hey, it's going to happen to everyone, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
4: Yeah, again, usually the farmer, if you rather sheepishly phone him, <laughs> he will come out with a tractor and rescue you, so that's good.
1: That's what is um? Is there a highlight? Is there something you've done recently? Or, or I mean, I know you've been in the council for a while. Is there <laughs> any big project that you think upon um, which you're so proud to have I, said, I'm part of that?
4: Yeah, a lot of the work I do, um, anyway. Um, or I should say we do, um, with, with my colleague Abby. Um, but I think most recently is the couple of uh, bigger boardwalks we've installed. We, we did one last year during lockdown, um, which was an, an ongoing, uh, the, the, the boardwalk we had replaced, um, I'd lost count of the number of times I'd bodged it back together. <laughs> and it, it eventually it just collapsed, it just had enough. Mm-hmm. So we, we installed a new one, uh, a newish design to us, and very recently, we, we used the same design, slightly different. It was a bit bigger and a bit wider and okay. a bit longer, um, but we installed that in in Pamba. Um, and that was a, a, a good project. We worked with volunteers on that one. Um, very, you know, a very good team of volunteers as well. with yes. The, the uh, Walking with the Wounded yes. team. Um, amongst others as well, some of our other more local, um, yes. regular volunteers. Some of our Basin based guys. Our Basin Stoke, our Basin Stoke yeah. team that, that come and help. Um, on occasion. Again, when either Abby or I are working alone, um, uh, we have a couple of regular chaps that come and help us. And, uh, That's a
1: really good point actually because th- there's a lot of times where you and Abby, so unfortunately Abby's not here today, but she um, is one of our rangers too, yeah. you separate just to try and cover more to jobs try and,
4: yeah, and one um, of the
1: volunteers will tag along with you, yeah. so buddy up system. So
4: it, it, it kind of helps to maximise our workload really. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh,
1: Another reason we're so thankful for volunteers, yep. because that wouldn't happen <laughs> if we didn't have people happy to no, go out with you. No,
4: I mean, I, I, I remember when I first started, we didn't work with volunteers at all, and you would be pushed to finish, like the mowing season. Mm. Uh, we had a huge list of footpaths we had to mow, and you would never really get it completed. Um, you know, yeah, just,
1: They really help so out.
4: So it, it does help.
1: <laughs> um, now, what is the biggest challenge? In your role, what do you view your biggest challenge? Um... <laughs> I know there's probably many.
4: There are a few. Personally, for me, I I think it's the technology that we use. I struggle with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, a bit of a technophobe. I
1: think that's a really good point, actually. People assume the role of range you're out all day just doing. But actually, and with everyone's job roles now, there is an element of computer work and written work needed, especially with risk assessments now. Yeah,
4: Yeah. so, you know, I struggle with that a little bit. Mm. Um, But, you know, um, just think, just... Knowing day to day whether the work you've done um, is is good, yeah. is, is it going to last? Is it um, right? Have you have you done it correctly? Is it the right solution? Just just little things like that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking ahead to how you you plan the jobs. Most of what we do is fairly standard, but every time you come to a job, it might throw up something slightly different. Well, you're
1: working outside, so you just don't you know what the environment is yeah, going to throw at predict,
4: you. You can't predict, you know although you have a set of design standards to work to, you may have to adapt that to suit the conditions. Yeah. So that can be a bit of a, a concern sometimes, just whether you've done the right thing, whether yeah. it's the, the right solution for for the job. But, absolutely. Um, most of the time it seems to work out. So.
1: Well, no day's the same. No. As you say, you can go out to do one ditch crossing and then the next day the ditch crossing just doesn't go to plan yeah. because the environment's totally different and you need to change yeah. the, your view on it. Yeah, absolutely. So so. That's quite a challenge. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. That's okay. Thank you very much, Mitch. Thank you. Okay, so next I'm here with James, who is our Area Manager. Hello, James.
5: Hello, Gemma.
1: Hi. Could you give us a little rundown about your job role, please?
5: What's my job role? So, I'm the Area Access Manager for the North. So, um, I'm I run the team, really. I think you've spoke to everybody already, have you? We have, yeah. yeah, yeah. So everyone but not. Everyone excited. Bar Abbey. Yeah, so my job is to um, make sure that you guys are all alright.
1: Nice. What is your average day? Could you give us a rundown? Um,
5: what, well, an average day? There's no such thing as an average no. day in rights of way. That's what's amazing different. about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, our fundamental job is Section 130 of the How Is Act Gemma, which is... As it's just tripping off your tongue.
1: Tell me, James, what is it?
5: Protect and assert the rights of the public to the use and enjoyment of the highway. So what that means is that there's no such thing as an average day because um, there's all sorts of things going on out there which might impact people's enjoyment of the highway.
1: Like what? Um,
5: it can be something very simple, like a small branch or tree blocking and obstructing a route to an entire housing estate and a new town being built on top of a public right of way. Yeah, so Andy. Andy things, spoke
1: about nuisance and sometimes how animals can come under nuisance, and we spoke a little bit about cows and um, when reports come in. So it could be anything, as you say, from trees yeah, yeah, yeah. to housing estates to cows. So it it is like the that.
5: the barbed wire fence, the bull um, poaching, hair coursing, um, obstructions. Um, neighbors falling out with each other over parking along shared routes, also all sorts of things, all sorts of things.
1: Okay, so what's the most challenging aspect of your role? Would you say
5: the most challenging aspect of the role is the size of the area that we cover and mm-hmm. the team that we've got. And the, I mean, I'm not going to talk about lack of resources because that's always a bit of an old boring story, but it, but it is actually true. The areas are huge, and there's only well, however many people you've interviewed, you, me, Andy, there's six of us, Abby and Mitch, yeah. So we've only got it's getting eyes on the ground really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that report that comes in, that's really important. So we have to prioritise things, don't we? You, yes. And you know well about our priority system. And priority ones, which are things that people can injure themselves on, really, that we're responsible for, such as the bridges and things like that. When you get that call, and it's always on a Friday afternoon at 3 mm-hmm. o'clock, that there's a bridge. Or on Christmas Eve or yeah, something. <laughs> there's a bridge. A report comes in. There's a bridge. Someone's going to be injured imminently to drive all the way from wherever you are to potentially the Wiltshire border to yep. to... Or Kimpton or somewhere like that to go look at something. It just takes a lot of time, and that's the problem is resources. But that's where we've made a bid for your, your roles and your job to tap into the volunteers. Yeah, right?
1: so how long has my job role been around for? So it's relatively new in the grand scheme of things. It feels like it?
5: you've been here forever, Gemma. <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. In. That is a really good thing. <laughs> it's a real positive thing. Um, how long has that role been in for? Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to make a guess. What year is it now? I'm getting old.
1: 2021.
5: 2021. So it was probably <laughs> something like 2017-ish, maybe. So it's quite a new
1: role, really, in the, in the big scheme of things.
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it took a while to get it going. But but we realised that the network is huge. Um, yeah. We've only got a limited amount of people on the ground. But that there's tons of people that love the Rights network. And it was a case of tapping into them. And we knew that there was a resource out there. And yeah. that's where you guys have come
1: in. Because you guys couldn't fit that in your job role. Talking to Andy, Mitch, Lisa and yourself, you've all got so much going on anyway, you had to have a new job role for that because no yeah, one could yeah. have taken that on. And
5: that's where we're really lucky. Um, I, I've been working for Hampshire for quite... You can tell by my accent, I'm practically Hampshire. Yeah, bro. of course. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Born and we're bred. We're really lucky. Hampshire's, Hampshire County Council and the Countryside Service have been really supportive. And if you make a good case and a good bid, then, um, you know, chances are, there's a good, ch- a good chance you're going to get supported. And that's what we did with you guys.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah it's interesting you spoke about um one of the difficulties is the amount of space that we have to cover because that's actually come up with my conversations with Andy and Mitch because that it seems to be a, a reoccurring thing is we've got so little people spread very very wide yeah so um and Lisa actually spoke about the priorities as well when issues come in how we deal with those priorities who gets them and how they get sorted but it is really important for our listeners to realize I think that um a fallen tree versus a signage problem, they are viewed upon a little bit differently because of priorities.
5: It's, it's only because of priorities, and it's, it's, from our point of view, it can be quite frustrating really, because that, um, that missing signage, which might seem a low priority to us, is actually massively impactful, depending on where that sign is yeah. and where it's missing. Because if it leads to confusion for people on the ground, then they're either stop, going to stop using the route, or they're going to be going off and completely go wrong the direction. wrong way. Yeah. And it, Realistically, that's that's a bigger barrier than perhaps that fallen tree that you can just step over. You know. Mm. So yeah.
1: What would you say is the the thing you find most um, exciting about the job, or the thing you are most proud about? Is there any particular big um, projects that you've been part of that you you know our proud moment for you what
5: i'm proud of is i think we really punch above our weight for the size of the team and i think we do do an amazing job really um, and I, I will defend it to the hill because uh, i don't think people realize just how busy the team is and it is i know it's saying the same, same thing there's only us lot here yeah and we we're, we're doing i think that the team you guys are all doing an amazing job and that's what i'm the most proud of the team really because i think you. we do no,
1: that's i know it's good we you do right. doing
5: an amazing job projects that i'm really proud of um all sorts of things and it can be that little Tiny, um, a long-standing issue that's been problematic for whatever reason. Um, when you when you get those ones ticked off and mm. out of the way, because I think people need to understand as well that the complexity of it of yes. some of these things. It's not that straightforward a lot of the time. Um, and there's a lot of effort goes into resolving what is on the ground possibly seems really quite straightforward yeah but the amount of work that's to go in in the background is quite phenomenal really.
1: we spoke I spoke to Mitch about this because obviously when he goes off and does a ditch crossing it's not just he rocks up and does it all the paperwork all the permissions so all the landowner conversations behind the scenes yeah, yeah, before yeah. he can just go off and do that ditch crossing it's huge
5: it is it's that thing I don't think people, yeah that thing we get when people talk about your footpath has got x y and z wrong with it and you say well actually it's somebody else's land and it's uh, so we've got to negotiate all that, really. That's I mean, it. we've got all sorts of powers under the highways act like, to go in and deal with things, which we do have to um, pull out the bag from time to time. But, you know, most of what we do is through um, building relationships with people and connecting to people and landowners and user groups and just uh, building a bit of an understanding and a rapport, yes. really.
1: Yeah, and also, an un- yeah, as you said, understanding what each other do, because obviously landowners represent one portion of the rights of way. Yeah. Then you've got parishes, then you've got community groups, and you've got us and making sure everyone's working together. Yeah, is the key thing, isn't it?
5: Because that's the thing. We are in the middle, and it's quite, quite. You know, I know we're doing the right thing. When I get landowners accusing me of being in the pocket of um, user groups, and then I get some user groups accusing me of being in the land, in the pocket of landowners. So I think, well, I'm obviously doing the right job then. If you <laughs> both think I'm on the wrong, on the yeah. wrong side, so that's. How. But there's loads of things that we've been that we've done that I'm proud of over the years. Loads of improvements to the network.
1: Um, Um, We're going to speak to Petronella soon from the British Horse Society, and I'm going to mention Borkhurst, because that's been quite a big project, hasn't it, that we've still going, ongoing, and there's there's, there's there's been a few up there, though, hasn't there? Surfacing at the bridleways, and stuff up
5: there, yeah, that's been, see, that's another really satisfying project, because that's where local people have really got involved, and the um, uh, user group, British Horse Society, have really got involved, Um, landowners are all key on that one, we've had volunteers doing some work, we've managed to tap in, so part of my job is to take a bigger picture, <laughs> the strategic overview and look into some of these, you know, the, the, all the bridges we've got and all the big surfacing problems that we've got is to collate those lists and share that list with the other two area managers and then we, we prioritise them according to um, what well the team's priorities but also what the council priorities are and, and work on Bidding for the money to get that, mm-hmm. that capital money in to then do those works. So that's nice to tie in that we've got some capital money with contractors doing some surfacing work on the back of work that I think you organised with yep. your volunteer groups on the back of work that the British horse saved. In. So, so that's t- been a brilliant That was
1: a nice one to actually show how everyone got on well together. Because yeah. um, initially I met some local horse riders there, the landowner who we all ended up parking in her field and having bonfires in her field, all the vegetation. She also met us there, then offered her land for that purpose. And then we had Petronella come down, who was obviously really impressed and then got involved herself. And we had volunteers there. So we had volunteers, we had local horse riders, we had a landowner and Petronella all doing... The, the same thing, all helping on that one route. What a
5: beautiful case study, Gemma. That's a, that yeah. is a good yeah, case no, study, Yeah, isn't yeah. It? things like that are, are really good and really yeah. satisfying to be involved in. But yeah, massive amount of work
1: though. But also, it's 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 a long-term project, that. That's yeah. not something that gets sorted overnight. So that's something really important people need to consider. Some things just won't get sorted overnight and it's chipping away at
5: it. No, and then, we, so where we are, well, as you know, what we're really good at is our record-keeping system and everything that people report does get logged and does get flagged and it might be a low priority where we're not gonna be dealing with it a while but it is logged and it's on the system and when opportunities produce themselves or come up like partnership working we mm-hmm. can jump in and say well actually we've got a list of stuff already waiting to go yeah so it's just a case of taking opportunities
1: yes exactly yeah. well James thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule that's
5: quite all right Gemma nice to meet you Tally-ho. so Gemma you've had
0: some nice chats with all of your team but there's one person
1: we haven't spoken to today me yes <laughs> so tell me about your role so CER as you may have heard some people talk about that in the interviews um, community engagement ranger so that's what I do so my role is really really broad like I can't really specify exactly what I do and <laughs> um, I work with volunteers out out and about on, on tasks on the rights of way which we will um, actually be joining you'll be joining me on one of them with the walking with the wounded mm-hmm. task Um, I also go around to different communities and promote what we are and what we do. Um, So whether that's a talk at the local parish council meeting or um, a walk with a walking group and also walking and promoting what I do, I've done both kind of things before. Um, Also in school events, so I've been up to Englefield Estate um, this year and they did a school event on their grounds and myself and Catherine, who is the CER for the South Team, we were there on that day, we did some right-of-way games for the kids Just giving them a little basic education on the Countryside Code. Um, As I've just mentioned, I work with military veterans. I mean, my role is massively broad Mm -hmm. um, and I work with lots of different groups of people. So you've got your volunteers who are members of the public who want to do something good for their community. We're going to speak to a volunteer on this series called Judy. Walking with the Wounded, so specific groups who are coming out to gain something a bit more specific. So the Walking with the Wounded guys, they're here to basically gain some um, some kind of idea of what they want to do post-military life mm-hmm. and to get some, well, some much-needed social, um, you know, experience. I mean, we're out, we, we chat, we have a lovely time together and it's, it's very much a stress relief more than anything for mm-hmm. them. Um the Ramblers, obviously we've got a lot of um really really experienced Rambler groups in this area, so I do a lot of work with those guys as well. Um I've probably forgotten a group, I can't remember right now, but there's just lots of different people from different backgrounds I work with. So
0: you are really, really busy, but what's Super your busy. favourite part of your job, do you think?
1: Um I lo- I just love meeting lots of different people. I could talk to anyone, Carly, as you've probably already guessed. <laughs> um but I think I think what's really lovely and you're hopefully going to hear this in the interview of Judy is how volunteering can really change someone's perspective of mm-hmm. life and just improve their mental and physical well-being I feel very honoured to be part of that process and to give people the opportunity to feel them a little bit happier in themselves and that could be through any volunteer you don't have to come out on a right of way and feel that way you could be volunteering at your local library or your local farm it doesn't matter I just think it's Volunteering is really important, and it's not just because you're helping someone, it's how you it makes you feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I like that part of the job best, I think. Do you volunteer yourself? Um, you know what I have done in the past, and I do, this is going to sound awful. There's a local vineyard near where I live. Yeah. <laughs> and they do yearly uh, volunteering picking of the grapes mm-hmm. and we get fed very well during that day which is always an important thing you know even a yeah. cup of tea and a biscuit is grand but um we do that every year because it's a local business and we like to support them and i say we it's me and my partner and we try and go to their p- annual picking event every year to help them and that is a volunteer day it's a full-on day it's like nine till five um and it's great you meet so many different people go and do that um and obviously it's a vineyard so it's it's super yeah good <laughs>
0: So a lot of us started our careers volunteering in yes. the countryside service because it's a really good way of getting experience. What would you say to anybody that wants to get some experience?
1: I think you just got to put yourself out there. You've got to be brave and you've got to um, email, write, ring up, You know, try and get through to whoever company or whatever interest you've got. Try and get through to someone in that, in that area and just don't give up, keep going and if for some reason they don't take on volunteers at that moment in time or they they don't they don't respond to your emails try a different avenue don't give up on it i think it's really important to keep chipping away at these things um because once you've got you're in you're in yeah. um sometimes that's the hardest thing especially in a job in a countryside related career it's sometimes getting the step in mm-hmm. so when i got this job i didn't have any previous experience in anything like this i mean i I used footpaths, but I didn't really appreciate what they were. I was actually working at Sparshot College at the time. um, And before that I was a vet nurse. So I've had a massive career change, but I have built up my own personal volunteering um, during that time abroad and at home. I did do some volunteering with um, the Wiltshire Wildlife Trust previously. um, And I just think you've got to keep trying, don't give up on it. Mm -hmm. Because if you know you want to make a change, um, you've already made that big decision in your head to do so try and help yourself so yeah if it, if it is a volunteer volunteer related job do some volunteering yourself because that will matter if you've got experience being the volunteer I think you're going to be really well suited to running the volunteer tasks yeah, you definitely. know how the volunteer feels and what they may or may not want to do mm-hmm. but I just think don't give up chip away try lots of different avenues to get some volunteer experience and when jobs come up just go for them yeah. even if you think you you don't tick some of the job description it doesn't matter just go for it because you don't know what that person's looking for
0: you don't know
1: well, thank you ever so much for
0: talking to us and thank you for talking to the rest of the team today. I can't wait for the rest of this podcast series. It's going to be
1: brilliant. It is going to be good. I mean, I'm really glad my team spoke to you all because they are brilliant people and everyone does something very, very unique in the team. So I'm glad you got to meet the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, as I've also said, we're going to meet someone from The Walking With The Wounded. We're going to meet Judy, one of our volunteers. Um, we're going to meet a parish Councillor from Hurstbond-Tarrant to get a parish council's view on mm-hmm. the work that they do with us. And also we're going to speak to one of the ramblers, Andy Tyus. So we've got lots of different avenues to cover.
0: That'll be great. I can't wait. So generally, Gemma, on these podcasts, I come up with a random fact. Should we do a random fact today? Okay,
1: I'm looking forward to this. What is the random fact?
0: Okay, are you ready?
1: Yes, I think so.
0: It's a very right-of-way based one. Okay. Um, And to get these facts i asked another member of the rights of way team harry who is our map review manager and he's based in Winchester and he has come up with a couple of quite cool facts all oh, right
1: go on, go for it shoot them
0: so the first definitive map of rights of way in Hampshire was compiled in 1952 and the longest route that harry knows of is a boat which is a byway open to all traffic and that runs through four parishes, so Crawley, Kingsonbourne, Sparshall and Hursley. Wow, that is long. But the best fact I have on rights of way <laughs> in Hampshire is that if you added up all the routes in Hampshire, you would get over four and a half thousand kilometers of routes. Wow. And if you walked north for that distance, guess how where you'd get to.
1: Oh God, I have no idea, literally no idea you would get to the North Pole
0: and a little bit further.
1: Wow, that's huge.
0: That is a long way. I don't think I'm going to be doing that.
1: No, I don't think I'm up for that either. But it's great to imagine, right?
0: It is. (laughs) But you did a
1: really long walk a few weeks ago, didn't you? I did. I did the Clarendon Way, which is, again, quite a historical right of way, which goes from Winchester to Salisbury. And I did that for charity for Naomi House, um, which is a Hampshire-based charity and me and my friend walked it and it's a marathon so it's 20 just over 26 miles and how long did it take you Uh, nine hours and i can't remember off the top of my head but a crazy amount of steps
0: i bet that was a crazy amount of steps there's no way i'm going to be walking to the north pole but (laughs) it would be a challenge it
1: would be certainly a challenge not one that i'm going to take up No. So
0: I hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Looking After Nature. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or thoughts, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future
1: episode, just let us know by checking out our social media pages. And we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate and review our podcast on iTunes, as this helps other people find us. But for now, thanks again for listening. I'm Gemma Clinch.
0: And I'm Carly Harris. See you next time.